Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Man, what a great day. Amen. Aren't you thankful for such a wonderful worship team? Oh, y'all can do better than that. Come on. I've heard some of y'all cheer at football games. I know. I know you can do better than that. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Life Church again. If this is your first time here, we're so glad that you're here with us. Just a reminder, on your way out today, we have a special gift for you just for being our guest today. Uh, you can go ahead and open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 11 and camp there for just a second. Okay, just kind of hang out there for just a second. We're going to read it here in just a minute. But I want to share something with you. So I was preparing for today's message and uh, the Holy Spirit brought back a memory that I had from a long time ago. Did anybody ever play like the regular NES Nintendo, like the, the, the one that came out in the late 80s, like boxing, you had to blow on the cartridges and, and, and like beat up the Nintendo to get it to work. Anybody have to do that? I loved my Nintendo, Okay. I loved it. I loved Mario, Zelda, Turtles, right? All of it, all those games. But I was reminded of something uh, as, because of something that one of my daughters said to me. They don't like it when I preach about them, but it's good, okay? And so I was reminded of this, that there was a cheat code, right? That if you had a Nintendo, you probably used it at some point, right? And it went like this. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Now, this is crazy, but I remembered this. I'm sitting in Starbucks thinking about this sermon and what I'm going to talk about. I haven't played the Nintendo for a very long time with the boxy controller. I haven't played one of those long, and I haven't used the cheat code in forever. So I thought, I'm going to look this code up and see if this is like something that people remember. Okay. Do you know that this thing has a name? It's called the Konami Code, all right? It's called that because a company who developed the games, Konami, okay? They developed the Turtles games, Castlevania, a bunch of other games that they developed, okay? Had this code that the developers put in, the director put in because he couldn't beat the game while he was testing it, okay? He couldn't get past certain levels and so they developed this code that they put in so that when he hit this sequence of buttons, it gave him all the power-ups that you could get in the game from the beginning to the end at the beginning of the game. It's a cheat code, right? It's a code that gives you everything that you need to get through to the end of the game and the bosses are so much easier, right? You got unlimited everything, unlimited lives. They forgot to take it out of the first game and it became a pop culture phenomenon thing. It's on shirts, posters. I'm not kidding, right? If you go to a gaming uh, convention, you're gonna see this plastered everywhere. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, or B, A, start. Okay, and it's it's called the Konami code. It's a cheat code for all of their games. I know it because I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they had three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games on the Nintendo. I played all three of them. I did not beat all three of them without a cheat code because it was too hard for me, okay? 
And so every time I turned on the game, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, star, and it gave me 30 lives. 30. I could beat any game with 30 lives. Okay, and so it, it's, this is a big deal. This is a huge thing. And so cheat codes aren't as famous anymore as, as they used to be. It used to be you could cheat code for every game. Now multiplayer games and they don't want to give somebody an unfair advantage, blah, blah, blah. They want you to pay for everything. But when I was growing up, <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start, got you all kinds of cool stuff. It's a cheat code. Now I told you my daughter said something that reminded me of this and made me think about this. She comes up to me and she says, Dad, you know, uh, since we started praying before I, we leave for school, things just seem to be better. Things just seem to be going better. And it hit me, like, wait, wait, wait a minute, I need to tell you this. Before you think, oh, pastor, you're the pastor. Of course you pray before school, but my house is chaotic and crazy and you're, you're, you probably don't deal with any of that. Let me just tell you what we deal with. We, feed, we got dogs who need to go out in the morning that like to stay outside. We got dogs who like to fight. I've got three kids that, that one of which I have to wrestle out of bed, one of which doesn't like to get out of bed, and the other of which just likes to lay in bed and watch videos, okay? Casey and I fight about who's gonna get up, right? I'll roll over and say, hey, I think it's your day. And she's like, no, it's your day. She'll roll over and say, I think it's your day. And I'll be like, no, 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 it's your day. I promise, I went the last three days. It's your day for the next two days. We got coffee we're making, we got breakfast we're making, we got lunches we're packing, we got backpacks we can't find, shoes we can't find. How do you lose one shoe? Socks? Y'all, socks? I'm pretty sure of the devil. Okay? Because we don't even try to match socks anymore. You see my kids running around when they were little, they didn't have matching socks. You know why? Because that's crazy. Socks this big, this big, this big, and we can't find a match for any one of them. I'm wearing matching socks today because one day I took my shoes off on the stage kind of randomly talking about something and I didn't have matching socks on and y'all laughed at me. So I wear matching socks on Sundays, but every other day, it's just one of those things. If they, if they match, they match. If they don't, they don't. It's chaotic, but as we were going through the Gate Smashers series a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, look, God reminded me that I don't get to preach about spiritual warfare and expect that the enemy's not gonna come after me, that he's not gonna come down on my kids, come down on my family. And so we started praying in the morning. It's very quick, very simple prayer. You ready? This is basically what it sounds like every single morning, okay? Jesus, let Lexi, Zoe, and Malachi have a good day, help them be good, help them do good, amen. Now get out of the house, you're gonna be late. That's pretty much what it is every morning. It's nothing special, right? It's like the, y'all remember, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep that kind of stuff. It's like one of those, okay? It's like just that simple, it's the same thing every day, every day, every day, every day. God, thank you, let them have a great day, let them be good, let them do good. Because I don't just want them to be good, I want them to do good. Amen, and we send them out the door. That simple of a prayer, it's a cheat code. Prayer's a cheat code. It's, it's something that gives you an advantage in life, okay? It's something that gives you an advantage at your workplace, gives you an advantage in your home, gives you an advantage when somebody is upset with you. I start all my meetings with prayer. 
right? You come, if you come in and you're like, I got to meet with you, pastor. I'm like, all right, let's pray. <laughs> Cause I never know what's coming. I never know if it's something good, something bad, something I did, something somebody else did. I never know. So we're like, all right, let's pray. It's a cheat code. It gives us an advantage, okay? We're in the missions collective and one of our pillars of the missions collective is prayer. What do we do for our missionaries? We pray, right? We do lots of things for them. We pray, we give to them, we understand them better and we encourage them. It's all those things. But today we're focused on prayer and what it can do for our life. It's a cheat code. There's nothing super spiritual, okay, about all of our prayers. Some of them are, some of them aren't, but the prayer that I pray with my kids, nothing super spiritual about it, but it is tweaking their day-to-day lives. Why do I tell you that? Because Jesus gives us the formula, right? The up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Jesus in Luke is gonna tell us the cheat code to prayer, okay? If you're taking notes, you're gonna wanna write this down because then you could ignore everything else I say. A, S, K, start, it's very simple. It's not even as complicated as the Konami code. It's not, it's not up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. It's just A, S, K, start. That's the cheat code, okay? Some of y'all already know. Peggy Cad down here smiling because she knows what prayer does, amen? She knows. Some of y'all have been impacted by prayer and know how it changes your lives and how it can be a good thing how it can challenge us, how it can change situations that we never thought could be changed. Prayer's a game changer. Has anybody else ever experienced that? I need you talking back to me a little bit this morning. All right. I had one cup of coffee, but I needed three. Anybody like me and you know you get an extra hour last night, but you didn't use it well? You stayed up an extra hour thinking, oh, I'll get another hour of sleep. Yeah, all right, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Some of y'all are awesome and you slept that extra hour. God love you. Prayer's the ultimate cheat code in life. Not to get our way or what we want, but instead to learn to trust in Jesus for everything, right? We just sang the song, shout Jesus for my family, for my city, for my nation, for the nations. We've got 204 flags up here that represent the world. Some countries that we get along with, some countries that we don't, but they all need Jesus, including the one we're setting in right now. They all need somebody who's saying, Jesus, we pray for, we lift up this country to you. We pray that you would move in these situations that they're in. I need those people in my life that are doing that for me individually. You need those people. It's part of what being a church family is about. Prayer's a game changer. It creates, it really is the ultimate cheat code. It's an opportunity to bring our desires in alignment with God's, in align with his purposes and his will and to gain the advantage of having access to him, to having an audience with him and to set with his attention. Somebody ever made you feel really special by just giving you attention? You're going through something and somebody just stopped and actually listened to you? That's what God does. We talk about prayer. We're talking about this access and this audience and this attention. 
And today I want to introduce you to that, the prayer code. Very simple, A-S-K, start. Let's take a look at our scripture, Luke chapter 11. We're going to start reading in verse 5. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. When you're there, say I'm there. If you need a minute, say I need a minute. I didn't hear any minutes. It'll be up there too or up here if you need to uh, take a look at it. Reading from the NLT today. Says this, then teaching them more about prayer because he's just taught some about prayer already. He used this story. Now I love Jesus because he tells stories. I can get stories. Sometimes I can't get technical stuff, right? You put me in a chemistry class, uh uh-uh. Put me in a math class, not my cup of tea. But a story, now I love stories. You can tell me stories all day long. So Jesus tells stories to connect with people. Here's what he says. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Anybody want one of those friends? Ooh, y'all, I might be up at midnight, but if I'm not, I'm probably gonna be like this guy. Watch what happens. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. Does anybody keep three loaves of bread in their house? I need to know this just in case I ever need a loaf of bread. Okay, I didn't think so, but Jesus is telling the story. He can do whatever he wants to with it, amen? Okay, he's wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, you say to him a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. If you show up in my house at midnight, you better be ready to go to bed. I ain't feeding you. I'm just saying. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door's locked for the night and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. Jesus goes on, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and give you whatever you want because of your shameless persistence. I love Jesus. Jesus just tells like it is. There's never a moment where Jesus isn't just like, hey, you gotta get, you, this is what you gotta do. Right? You gotta stand at that door and knock. Go away. We don't have any. Eventually you're gonna get up. You're going to throw the bread at the guy, acting like it's a rock. And you're going to tell him to go. Jesus is telling this story, and and there's some things we got to know, because it's kind of a weird story. And so the custom of that day was that you can keep your finger right there. We're going to keep reading here in just a minute. The custom of that day was that the whole family lived together in like a one-room house. On one side of the house was a raised floor that they slept on and that they lived in, and the whole family slept there. Okay? And on the other side was pretty much dirt and that's where they would keep the animals. And so for the guy to get up, he would have to disturb his whole family, right? Can I tell you, we had a rule when our kids were little and if we ever watch any of your children in our house, this is our rule. If a baby's sleeping, a baby sleeps, we don't wake them up, okay? We don't wake them up. Now we go on about our lives, but if you come in and you're like, oh, it's gonna mess up the baby's schedule. Not my kid, I don't care. Baby sleeping, baby sleeping, Okay. We let them sleep. We always let our kids sleep, however long it took. And the reason for that is, is because I don't want to have to deal with cranky kids. My wife already has to deal with a cranky husband all the time. She don't want to have to deal with cranky kids either. And so this guy's laying in the one room house with his whole family laying there sleeping and this goofball of a neighbor is pounding on the door. Looking for bread at midnight. And the guy says, you got to go away because you wake up my kids. I'm going to hurt you. He keeps knocking. He keeps knocking. 
He keeps knocking. And finally, the guy gets up, throws the bread at him, okay? Now, it takes some boldness for the man in the story to so shamelessly ask his friend in the middle of the night. He really wanted and needed bread. Hospitality was really important. So when this other person, this friend showed up at his house, after a long journey, they wanted to feed him before they put him to bed. Hospitality was of the utmost importance to them. It still is today, by the way. And so they're going, he's going to feed them no matter what it takes. He's going to go house to house if he has to. But he knows his neighbor's got three loaves of bread. I don't know how he knows. I don't know if he looked in his pantry before he left after a visit. I don't know what happened, but he knows. And so he was going to feed them, Right? There's some people like this. Some of you are like this. You walk in your house and the first thing you do, what can I get you to eat or drink? What can we do to make this more comfortable? My aunt and uncle, uh, we stayed with them one night when my dad was having surgery to remove the cancer from his mouth. Many of you prayed about that. And so we went to stay with them that night, but we didn't get there until like midnight because we had a late event here at the church and it was a couple hours away and we had to help clean up and all that. And we got there and we walked in and my aunt had made two peanut butter pies. Now, let me tell y'all, there's a lot of things in the world that I like to eat, obviously. But my aunt's peanut butter pie is by far the number one thing in the world. If you say to me, what dessert are you gonna eat when you get to heaven and you're sitting around the table with Jesus? It's gonna be my aunt's peanut butter pie, okay? That good. Middle of the night, she stayed up and made a peanut butter pie because it's a part, it's a part of who she is. She's been making those things for me for my birthday since I was a kid. And we're coming to visit and she stayed up and made them. Now, I need to tell you that because there's something about that level of hospitality that we sometimes forget and we sometimes push to the side. We live in a world that's very segregated. We put fences up around our yards because we don't really want to get to know our neighbors. This is kind of a side note from the, from the message, but we're talking about the missions collective. And it isn't just about the nations, it's about your neighbors, And so Jesus is telling this story. There's a lot of points in it that are important. But in that moment, I don't know what my dad's facing. In that moment, I don't know what we're gonna get into the next day. It ended up being a 13 and a half hour surgery. Can I tell you that peanut butter pie felt really good in that moment? Not because of what it tasted like, but because she cared. And there's a level of this that's happening here eventually Okay, that he's trying to care for his friend who was traveling, but he doesn't have the bread. And so he goes and asks. God's looking for our passionate persistence in prayer. It isn't that God's reluctant and, and needs to be persuaded. Our, our persistence doesn't change God's mind. It doesn't change God. It changes us. It develops in us a heart and passion for what God wants. Jesus doesn't talk, stop telling the story here. He goes on in verse nine. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking. Say asking. I just want you to talk back to me today so I can make sure everybody's awake. Keep on seeking. Say seeking. And you will find. Keep on knocking. Say knocking. 
and the door will be open to you for everyone. That includes you. That includes you, everyone. Doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how young, doesn't matter what nation they're from, doesn't matter how much they have, how little they have. Doesn't matter what color their skin is. Doesn't matter if they grew up in the most pagan way possible. Or on the other side, almost secluded from everything in the name of Jesus. Doesn't matter. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. He says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Can you imagine? Can you imagine dinner? And you're like, guys, we're having fish tonight. You're smiling really big. And they go and open up their plate. Like, I know we don't do that, but if we covered up the plate, right? Because you didn't want them to see it. They open it up and there's a live snake in there. Nope. Pentecostal, I don't do snakes. (laughs) We ain't that kind of Pentecostal. All right. I do chicken all day long, but I ain't doing snakes. <laughs> he says, or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? We had, we had eggs and toast the other day for dinner. You ever go in your house and you open up your refrigerator and there's absolutely nothing to eat, so you just make whatever you can find? It was one of those days. I was like, hey, guys, mom's not here. Malachi's not here. Girls, you love breakfast. Let's do breakfast. And I'm so like, you know. But really the truth was all we had was eggs and bread because I hadn't went to the store yet. But can you imagine thinking you're getting an egg and open it up and there's a scorpion? I ain't gonna do them things either. They're bad as snakes. Jesus says, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We're told to keep on asking, seeking, and knocking. All three of these words are verbs that are supposed to be continuous. It isn't ask once and be done. It isn't seek once and be done. It isn't knock once and be done. In fact, the story that he says, guys, says that the guy kept knocking until finally somebody came to the door with the bread. Until finally something happened, until finally something moved. And it was the persistence that Jesus is trying to get across to us. Not that, we, not that we would go to God and pester him and say, God, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this. That isn't what it's about. It's about understanding that we can depend on God and we can take our needs and our worries and our pains and all the things that we have to him. And he's gonna help us carry him and he's gonna take care of him. It might not be in our timing, Anybody impatient? I'm impatient. I'm so impatient. But sometimes I got to learn something. Sometimes there's something better out there that I don't know about. Jesus is not talking about a single activity, but persistent activities. The cheat code here is ASK start. And these descriptions speak of an earnestness in prayer, an intensity. All too often our prayers are like the coins we throw in a wishing well. We don't really approach it with faith that what we're asking for would be given. Have you ever went to a wishing well and you hold the coin and you make the wish, but you think, you know what, this is just a wishing well. They're going to empty this out. They're probably going to make about $1,000 off of this stupid thing. Prayer in a wishing well. It isn't a coin that we pull out and throw in and hope that something happens. Prayer is a cheat code. There's immediate benefits. 
There are things that happen immediately in our lives when we begin to ask, seek, knock, and just start living life as people who ask, seek, and knock. Start living life as people who depend on God, who have faith in God to do what he said he's gonna do. Have faith in God to provide. Have faith in God to heal, to deliver. Ask, A-S-K, start. There's a real simplicity to this cheat code, but it's life-changing. This is Jesus himself. I want you to understand this. This isn't a disciple. This isn't something I said. This is something Jesus said. Telling us not to give up, but to express our trust and our dependence on God, to be persistent, to keep knocking, to keep asking, to keep seeking. Any human father loves to bless his children and would never answer a simple request for something good with something evil. If we don't, or if we won't do that, why would God? Jesus promises that God the Father will not disappoint his children. He loves us even more than any earthly father could love his children. He wants us to ask for whatever we need, promising to give us what is good and best for us. And he desires to provide solutions for our problems and to supply for our needs. A-S-K, start. It's the cheat code for prayer. The first part of that is A, it just stands for ask. If you're taking notes, you can write that down, ask. The word translated ask in scripture carries with it the idea that you're asking earnestly, persistently, and with faith that you're gonna receive it. God, I need you to work, help me work out my finances. I don't need you to drop 1000 or 2000 or $3,000 or $50,000 in my lap. I need you to partner with me, God, to work through my finances. I've got a child that needs healed. I've got a family member that needs healed. Continuing to ask, continuing to come to him with boldness, coming to God with boldness, understanding that I can come and sit at the feet of Jesus and say, here's what I'm going through. Can you help me? This doesn't mean that we beg God to answer our prayers. It means that instead of worrying about a certain issue, we take it to God and acknowledge that the solution is in his hands. Asking means that we recognize our need and that we trust God to hear our prayers. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. And we can approach God with boldness like the guy who came at midnight. Can you imagine like some of y'all, some of y'all have that kind of, like, I just, I don't know that I have that kind of spirit. I believe I'd stand at the door. I'm like, Ugh. you know, maybe they're really not that hungry. I might talk myself out of knocking. Some of y'all are bold enough that you just knock, right? I might talk myself out of it because I'm, I'm kind of timid. I don't really like to wake people up in the middle of the night. I won't call anybody too late. I'll ask Casey at like seven o'clock. Hey, do you think it's too late for me to call this person? She says, it's seven. No. Hey, I'll say, do you, I'll say, hey, read this and tell me what you think. Do you think it's too harsh? And she's like, it sounds like a baby wrote it. It's fine. Jesus says, you got to come and ask with boldness. Ask for what you need. It's a cheat code. You're giving it at the moment of salvation. It's a cheat code. We can approach God with that same kind of boldness. Now you may be thinking, Pastor, I've used this cheat code and asked for things that I've not received. 
Well, there's something important in this that has to be seen. My kids ask me for things that are not always good for them in the moment. Not always good for them in the moment. Sometimes near Christmas, they ask me for things that we've already bought them for Christmas. Sometimes they want to do something that I know is going to be a disaster. And so when they ask, I'm like, nah, it ain't the time for that. Sometimes they, 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 it isn't just maybe something that's bad for them, but something better is coming along. Right, something as simple as, dad, can I go, can I go get a bowl of cereal? No, nah, you can't have a bowl of cereal. Why not? I want a bowl of cereal. Because here in just a little bit, your favorite meal is being delivered. Okay, that's why. See, sometimes we ask God for things that aren't good for us in the moment aren't things that we need in the moment. Sometimes there's lessons to be learned. Sometimes I make my kids wait for things because there's a lesson in waiting. There's a lesson in understanding patience and persistence and finding that balance in our lives. And when we find that balance, we mature. When we find that balance, it changes us, it challenges us. And then we, when, it, when it finally does come, when something finally does come, we continue to get the boldness to ask and ask. And we can do so much just by simply asking. There's a second part to the cheat code. It's seeking. Seeking means that our request is earnest and that we're willing to obey God and pursue his purposes when he responds with an answer or instruction. Seeking's hard because sometimes God answers a prayer without answering the way we want it to be answered. God ever did something, you asked him for something, he did, he did things a different way. You weren't super happy about the way he did it. I'm kind of, uh, kind of anal about things. And so when I ask people to do things and then they do it and it doesn't do it the way I would have done it, like I have to just kind of step back and say, okay, I asked them to do it. I gotta let them do it. Instead of just saying, you gotta do it my way. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers the way we think. We gotta seek God and say, okay, God, are you answering a prayer in a different way? Are you doing something I don't understand? We can't just ask him for everything we want. He's not a vending machine. We pop some coins in and say, give us what we want. It's a relationship that we have. And it's not one-sided. God, what do you want from my life? How can I serve you? What can I do? This cheat code comes with, with great power, great responsibility, great opportunity for us to grow, seeking God, knowing him more. We have to seek God's will and wisdom in our prayers and decisions. The cheat codes don't automatically win the game for you. It gives you advantages. Prayer's not a, the, the vending machine. It's a relationship. I want my desires, unless it's better for me not to have it, and I have to seek God to find out. And be willing to accept his decision. Seeking God is about aligning my desires with God's purpose and staying faithful to seeking him in all areas of my life. So you got the A is ask, the S is seek. Third part of the cheat code is K, knock. Knocking means that we, we keep bringing the request to God even when he doesn't respond quickly. It's an active patience. My daughters are 13 and 
uh, every once in a while, I'll take them and let them drive a little bit. And there's an active patience in that because they'll ask me and I'll be like, well, we can't do it today. And I'll be like, but keep asking. They'll ask me again, it'll be a busy day. Like we can't do it today, but keep asking. Don't, don't stop asking because I don't wanna forget that we need to do it, but I'm really busy today and I can't do it today. And you can't just throw them in a vehicle and say, go drive on your own. <laughs> At least not yet. Keep knocking. God, you know the diagnosis. I'm, I'm living in faith that you're gonna heal. I'm living in faith that you're gonna take care of this. God, I'm still asking, I'm still seeking, I'm still knocking. It's not a lack of faith, it's a constant admission that we need God's help and we've turned over our needs to him. Don't stop. He wants that. It's what Jesus said, he wants you to keep knocking. He wants you to keep seeking, keep asking, never stop. The advantages of having that relationship and that open communication with God is so important in your life. It's like a cheat code in a video game. It can help you win the game. Knocking on the door is a persistent action. When we knock, we're continually gaining access to God. We're given attention by God and we're getting an audience with God. Knocking is about experiencing the presence of God through prayer. When, when somebody knocks on your door, what do you do? You open the door. Even if you can't help them in the moment, you open the door. Unless it's somebody you don't wanna see and then you pretend and you hide in the house like you're not home. I know how some of you are. But we open the door. When we knock, God opens the door. He never keeps it closed for us. Even if he doesn't answer right away, he wants you to be in his presence. He wants you to know him more. He wants you to seek him. This is the relationship. This isn't about begging God for something. It's about leaning on God for something. It's about understanding that he can help us get through life better. Those hard moments when somebody passes away, when we get a diagnosis, when we're in an argument or a conflict with someone, when finances are, struggle, are struggling and Christmas is coming, when the price of groceries is so high, you wonder if you can afford to eat the whole week or if you're gonna have to take one meal and span it across the whole week. Anybody feeling that? <laughs> when you have to decide, am I gonna get medicine or am I gonna get food? Having access to God, attention from God and an audience with God being in his presence makes all the difference. So what about the last part of the cheat code? ASK, start. Well, Jesus' assurance that those who ask or receive is based on a few things. Okay, and if you study prayer, if you go back and you look at prayer more in depth than we're going to in the next 10 minutes, because I know what time it is. You're gonna find these five things. okay are gonna be a part of what we have to do. The first thing is this, we have to seek his kingdom first. I want God's plan for this world. I want God's plan for my life because it's so much better than mine. If it wasn't for God's plan, I wouldn't be standing here. If it wasn't for God using people in my life to impact and influence me, I would not be right here today. We have to seek his kingdom first. 
The second thing we have to do is we have to treat him like a friend. You ever been watching uh, like a, a sitcom and the dad in the show is wearing a shirt that has an ATM on it, has a little dollar bill sticking out? I don't want my kids to think of me as an ATM. I want my kids to see me as their dad, as someone who loves them, as someone who wants to interact with them in life, who wants more than just to give them money. Do I do that? You better believe it. But I want it to be more than that. And he wants more of a relationship than just answering your prayer or just doing something for you. You gotta treat him like a friend. Have a conversation with him every once in a while. That's what prayer is. You might say, well, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Yeah, you do, you can talk. And if you can't talk, you can think words. It's that simple. We make it so complicated and we, we add in all these things that we don't absolutely have to have. I just need to talk with God. Ask, seek, knock. The third thing is we gotta align our desires with his desires. I might want something, but it might not be what's for me. Fourth thing is that we need to recognize his goodness and his love for us, even in the midst of times where we don't understand why the prayer is not being answered. Recognize that he is good and that he loves us and that he's got our best interest at heart. And finally, we got to take his commands seriously. He's already given us another cheat code in his word. Good ways to live our life. Good ways for us to live and for us to think. You think about this, if more people, if more people just loved each other, like scripture says, we'd have an incredible world. An incredible world. Your life would be better if you chose to love people even if they didn't love you. Also, it drives people crazy. So that's a benefit. When they don't like you, but you love them. There's so much good that can come when we start. When we start to live out these things. When we make prayer a priority in our lives. It started with the Konami code, up, 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 down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start. And get some extra lives in a Turtles game. But I'm reminded, and I want you to be reminded today, that God loves you so much that he's given you direct access to him. When you speak to him, he hears it. Maybe today you know nothing about God. I'm gonna tell you this, one of the best things about the God that I serve is that the moment that you turn your attention to him, you're gonna notice he's already paying attention to you. You're gonna notice that he's already been leading you in a way that you didn't understand. He's already been guiding you. He doesn't make you do anything, but he wants the best for his people, even if they don't know it yet. Prayer's a cheat code that you and I can use. It helps us 
in a lot of ways, our emotional well-being. Prayer can provide a sense of comfort, peace, and solace, helping us cope with stress and anxiety. Many people pray and find guidance, seek the wisdom of God, helps us build resilience. It strengthens our resilience by fostering a positive mindset. I know God's gonna answer even if I don't know how. It improves our self-discipline and our focus. Regular prayer practices enhance those things. It strengthens relationships. I can't tell you how many friendships have started by somebody saying, hey, pastor, will you, they find out I'm a pastor and they ask me to pray for a situation and I say, hey, let's pray right now. Kind of freaks people out because they think you're just gonna put them on a list. I I wanna pray right now. God doesn't have office hours. You call me in the middle of the night. I was joking earlier. If you called me, I'd pick up. You might have to call twice. You come to my door and you knock in the midnight. I'm, I'm gonna be there. You're gonna have to knock really loud and probably call first because I probably won't hear the door. But it does, it strengthens our relationships. It's deeply personal, but it can also be communal. It can also be something we do together. It cultivates gratitude. Prayer often involves expressing gratitude and appreciation. Provides comfort during difficult times. We sit right beside Okies. I can't tell you the number of times in a week that their funeral funeral director will call and say, Pastor, do you or one of your staff members have the ability to come to a service because we have a family who has nobody? During COVID, Pastor Sarah and I sat with one daughter that was at a service. There was nobody else there. As she buried her mom, praying for her and loving on her in that moment, distance and masked, but prayer supersedes those things. It encourages empathy and compassion in us. And how many of you know we could all do with a little bit more of that? And there are a multitude of other ways it can help us. Next time you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure what to do, feel helpless remember this and this is not from me this isn't my quote I don't know where I found it but I've been living by it when you feel helpless that does not mean you are powerless when you feel like you don't know what to do next you're not powerless God's giving you a cheat code for that ask seek knock and start bow our heads and pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much today that we can come to you and you listen that, Father, your ears are always tuned in to your people. 
Your ears are tuned in when we're suffering. Your ears are tuned in when we're scared. Your ears are tuned in when we're worried. Your ears are tuned in when we're excited and happy. You're listening and you want us to come to you. You want us to be persistent. You've presented us with this code. And Lord, I can't say it any better than my daughter. It just makes things better. And so Father, today we turn our hearts towards you. And Lord, we ask you to remind us of this cheat code in moments where things are hard. Father, that we can turn to you and ask anything. And Jesus, while you may not give us everything, you'll do what's best for us. And you'll always be there listening, always be there helping us. And as we seek you, we'll begin to see that. Lord, as we get into your presence by knocking, having you open the door, Lord, we want to be with you, have an audience, have you as a part of our life. Lord, we love you today and we praise you. worship you Jesus if you're here today and you hear me talk about all this and you think man you know what I, I've heard of Jesus I know about Jesus or maybe you've never heard of him Jesus stepped down out of heaven came to this world and you've, you live here you know what it's like but he did it anyways and lived the type of life that could be a sacrifice for us because we can't live perfect lives. And then chose to die on a cross so that you and I would never have to be separated from the presence of God, so that you and I could knock. So that you and I never have to live in a world where we don't have the presence of God leading us, guiding us, and a part of what we're doing. See, that's the scary part about hell. The scary part about hell isn't the fire and the suffering and all those things. It's this distance, the separation that it brings us from God. We've never lived a life separated from God. Not completely. But one day, Jesus is gonna come back for his people. And the decisions that we make like you're being faced with today are decisions that are going to be eternal. I don't want to be guilty of you coming to this place and not having the opportunity to accept the love and the sacrifice of Jesus and the eternal life that he brings. And so if you're here today with heads bowed and eyes closed and you, you would say, you know, I need Jesus in my life. I need what you're talking about, that cheat code of prayer. It begins by accepting Jesus. And so if you're here today and you would say, I need Jesus in my life, I I need to dedicate or rededicate my life to him. I want to ask him to forgive me of my sins, to change me so that I can start, so that I can live for him, seek his kingdom first and all the things that we listed. With heads bowed and eyes closed, have you slip up your hand. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. 
Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.